Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the Ninjas of Another Color podcast, July 10th. Today we're going to talk about ESPN, the Braves, Bad Batch, Fast 9, Tomorrow War, Black Widow, and the NBA Finals. Let's get it. By the power of Grayskull. Today is Saturday, July 10th, and it's storming in Georgia. All right, for our first story, we're going to talk about Rachel Nichols and and Maria Taylor. Here's a recording that they said this has been festering for a year. How bad has it been for a year at ESPN? And let's hear what they're saying. Rachel Nichols acting like she cares about diversity and making change until it affects her wallet. This is the same woman who the day after Derek Rose dropped a 50-point game decided to bring up his rape case where he was found innocent. This is also the same woman that lies repeatedly on national television saying she voted Clay Thompson for all-team defense and she'll sit up there and be outraged that certain players or certain coaches don't get the rewards they deserve or the recognition they deserve while she's not reporting on them or voting for them to get these awards. Also guys, she's all pissed off now, but where was her support of Paul Pierce? When Paul Pierce lost his job, she had nothing to say. She was willing to let him fall under that bus. So she better not get any support from her colleagues. 
In fact, if this was one of her colleagues who were missing out on this opportunity and they were complaining about it just like she was, I guarantee you she would not be on their side at all and she would say that they're just being selfish. So to sum up my thoughts on it, do I think Rachel Nichols is racist? No, but I don't feel bad for her at all. She's always bowing down to ESPN, always playing their agenda, and now it backfired on her and she's upset. She's a part of the problem that destroyed her. And this is far from the first time that ESPN has done something like this. Remember Michelle Beadle? Well, Rachel benefited from that situation, so of course she didn't say anything. She didn't say anything about Paul Pierce. She didn't say anything about any of the other guys that were taken down from ESPN because of political correctness or wokeness. So don't get mad now. But that is all I have for this video. I want to hear from you guys in the comment section down below. What do you make of this Rachel Nichols situation? Also, leave a like if you enjoyed it. Alright. That dude's an asshole, so. Anyway. I agree that She probably didn't speak up on the other things, but Paul Pierce, he posted his shit and it made the company look bad. But there's a problem over at ESPN where they don't like my, the minority. They want a minority face, but they don't want minority voices. So they say she got that full. She, she's been working for forever, but they're trying to take her job. How many of you would be, hey, I'm all for diversity, but you're taking my spot. You can give up your spot. If she gave up her spot and didn't say anything, what would have happened? But he's talking about what her colleagues, co colleagues would say. Let's hear from a couple of her colleagues. It's just, it's just plain and simple. I talked to Rachel, and I, and I, and I know a lot of things she was saying out of frustration because ESPN put her in a bad position, and they even put Maria in a position of trying to give Maria a sympathy job. They was trying to make themselves look good because all the Black Black Lives Matter and the Black George and the George Floyd stuff was going on. So ESPN tried to make themselves look good by taking the job from Rachel that she had already had, that they'd already told her she had, that she deserved, and give it to Maria just to make themselves look good. It wasn't a genuine job they wanted to give Maria. It's ESPN is behind all this, bro. It's all they fault. You know what I'm saying? I can't blame Rachel. I love Rachel, and I'm going to stand behind her. Too. I spoke to her, and I'm going to stand behind Maria, too. But ESPN, y'all some suckers. Y'all some suckers because y'all did this. Y'all tried to give Maria a job, and it wasn't genuine. And look what happened. Come on, man. It's all ESPN fault. We love both of them. Think about this, though, bro. How many times we as black people said that we was qualified? We know we qualified. We know we qualified for the job. But we didn't get it because they gave it to the white person just because he was white. How mad were we? Because they looking out for their own. How mad were we? When you know you deserve a job and they give it to a white person just because he white. We did, we've been dealing with that our whole life. And that pisses us off. We ain't getting recorded, but we say shit too behind closed doors. So I get it. I get it why Rachel mad. Rachel ain't never showed me no signs of being racist. But I would be mad, too, if I worked my whole life for a job and they're going to give it to a white dude just because Donald Trump in office or just because a white kid got killed and at the time it didn't look better for a white person to have a job. I would be mad, too. It's just the facts. I ain't trying to be like, I'm speaking the truth. We rocking with both of them, Maria and Rach, but this is the truth. Man, back one more thing for y'all, IG world. Y'all got to be real with yourselves. A lot of y'all can't be real with yourselves and a lot of y'all looking for handouts. A lot of, of y'all don't deserve nothing. 
because you've been sitting at home not putting in the work and, and complaining about other people. Why they doing this? Why them and not me? But when you deserve something, when you work, when you put in the work for it, you should be mad when you don't get it. A lot of y'all won't understand that because y'all home still living off your mama, still living in your mama house and wondering why you ain't winning or ain't got nothing going on. I'm going to hit y'all with harsh truth. I am the face for equality, but I also, I also am the face of being black and proud and being strong and going to get what's mine, not asking no white person or nobody to give me nothing. I'm going to take what's mine, like I've been doing. But y'all, y'all, y'all quick to forget, when the, jump, when the jump first started, Rachel hired all black people. Remember that. I told y'all I'm going to make y'all hate me, because especially the people that don't like the truth. Half y'all hanging around niggas, hoping that they make y'all dream come true, and hanging around them, and as soon as they tell y'all, y'all tell y'all no, they a fuck nigga, they, they ain't real, because they told you no, because they tired of you benefiting off their blessing. You been around them all this time, been around all the people they been around, had the same connections, met the same people he met, but you still sitting around waiting for somebody to hand you something. Instead of you getting in your ass, doing something with the connections and making something work for yourself. A lot of y'all in this mind frame, and a lot of y'all stuck in this attitude of blaming blaming white people for why you ain't made it. Yeah, we, we know we started off behind. They put us in a bad position from the jump. They got ahead, but it's time for you to learn for yourself. We got more black... Stephen Jackson, my brother, nothing but love for you. Let me say that out off the bat. You know I got love for you. We go back a long ways, and we gonna continue to go back a long ways, my brother. Mad love and respect to you. And my heart goes out to you and all the loved ones with George Floyd for what happened to him. I know that hits home for you. It hit home for a lot of us, but for you, in special ways without question. Having said all of that, you told me you was gonna hit me to the game. Let me hit you to some game. I disagree with Kyrie. I ain't changing one bit. And please don't tell me what a black man should say because a black man should speak his mind, particularly with intelligence and knowledge, if he hasn't. You have it. I believe I have some of it. I believe in this instance, even though Kyrie Irving is a knowledgeable and good brother, in this instance, I don't think he displayed his knowledge about this. You know about the force majeure provision and the collective bargaining agreement for the NBA. You know that if the NBA season gets canceled, they can reopen talks and ultimately players are going to lose billions. You know about the tens of uh, thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of jobs across the NBA landscape that's going to be lost if an NBA season doesn't resume. You know what kind of catastrophic effect that could potentially have on the economy. Now, I understand we're going to look at it and we're going to say desperate times call for desperate measures. Somehow, some way, this got to change. I agree with you. But what is that change? Because guess what? I heard it from you, Stephen Jackson, watching you on CNN, talking about legislation on Capitol Hill. Talking about... Now, I have no idea why this dude labeled this. He probably didn't do it research, but... Stephen, they talking about a different subject, but check this out. Stephen Jackson's right. You will be mad too if you worked your ass off and somebody took your job. Rachel Nichols not she's not racist. She's just upset, and I agree. ESPN gave her uh, a token job. It, yeah, she does a good job of what she does, but it's a token job. They even removed um, Rachel Nichols from sideline reporting. It's all ESPN's fault because ESPN probably promised Rachel Nichols the finals and George Floyd happened. 
ain't got no problem with Rachel Nichols getting mad or even saying that, but nobody's saying, nobody's getting that she was recorded secretly. Her privacy was violated. Nobody's talking about that. Not at all. Nobody ain't saying shit about her privacy being violated by the company. But it is what it is. These people wanted to make controversy, and I guess it did. I guess it did happen where they... Got controversy done where they're pitting a black person against a white person, but it's not that. It's ESPN. ESPN made a, a sucker move. Made a sucker move and gave Maria a token job when she should be better than that. But it is what it is, man. These people are. Corporations are slimy, man. And what I don't understand is why people looking at the uh, the wrong thing. And the uh, wrong thing is the company tried to cover the asses, and it backfired. I hope Maria Taylor gets buku dollars buku dollars on her next project she might end up leaving um ESPN like Dan like Jamel and make more money That's my thought on that. So, ESPN is a bad company. It's not what it what it turned out to be. Uh, moving on to our next story, uh, this dude academics. Uh, I didn't want to touch this story again because I thought I, I covered it already about Roy and Ma. Uh, this one is from Andrew Schultz. And they're talking about their podcast. They're talking about academics. Academics is a hater, but listen to the clip. Fuck with me any day of the week, any right. second of the day. Like, yeah, yeah. bro, them dudes, I'm telling you. Yeah. I used to listen to Joe's podcast. I used to tell myself, bro, every time. I'm like, could you have them clowns stop chiming in when you're yeah. spin game? Yeah. Because sometimes it's spin game. I know you don't really fuck with me. You spin game. Tell them clowns to shut the fuck up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Them dudes is getting $40,000 a year, man. Shut up. Nobody want to hear you talk about, like, like, like you're really breaking down the break. Shut up. You know what I mean? <laughs> shut the fuck up. Like, Joe could talk about it. Now it even make more sense because he was yeah. swindling them bum-ass niggas. That's like, sure. <laughs> he, he, he thought they thought it was cool. Swindling. <laughs> Yo, Alex, no. man, I hope you charge the bum-ass niggas twice. Like, double the rate. <laughs> They're dumb as shit. I'm telling you, you gotta do it. Bro. You gotta do it. Yo, do you think Joe felt guilty when they 
swindling them. Like, do you think there's ever a part of him on the podcast when he was like, man, I got these motherfuckers wrapped around my pinky, bro? Um, I'm going to be honest, I, I, and I still think he probably feels this way, and I feel this way too. Yeah. Like, are you really robbing somebody? Like, all right, you, you guys do Flagrant 2 and, and the primary host of Tosh E, right? Yeah. Everybody has a piece of this podcast. Okay. Yeah. But wait, here's the thing. If you thought, man, I'm carrying these niggas. Like, right. LeBron on, like, remember that? Remember that uh, horrible Cavs team he brought to like, the finals? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Eric Snow. Oh, seven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bro, yeah, like, Gibson. Bro, yeah. Had, like, water boys on it. Like, shit was crazy. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like, if you feel you carry <laughs> these dudes, you're, you're probably looking at them like, you should be working at Walmart. Right, right, right. Like, bro, I'm over it. So when I'm hearing Joe talk about it, he's like, yo, they're getting paid like $100,000. These dudes are bums. That's what he's thinking. Like, uh... he's not thinking, like, we created this. I think maybe his audience is probably trying to show him, like, no, yeah, it's yeah. not just you. We actually did like them. Well, if we're being honest, doesn't that mean that they they like them and that they resonate with them? Like, if we're going to give Rory Ma all the credit they deserve, mm-hmm. if people are going and listening to their podcast, how about this? If six months from now people are still listening at these numbers, don't you got to say, all right, you got something. Maybe you don't understand it. I'll also say this. Some people do. When you say they can't, they're not as right? good yeah. as That's me. That's fair. And for you to say, to that point, for you to say, they're not as good as me, you're incredible at this. Like, I'm already seeing, like, you can carry shit on your own in a way not a lot of people can. So to say they're, there's no way they're as good as me, cool, but you're a top whatever, 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 0.001%. So they can still be good and not be as good as you. All right. As Andrew said, you want me to be logical or you just want me to be <laughs> emotional? We do a thing here called feelings, no facts. All right. Hit it. No, no, honestly, um, I'm going to be logical with this one. All right, I actually, like, they do have their worth, and I do think the audience loves all three of them together. But they had good I, chemistry. Yeah, but yeah, I still valuable. think, and this is, this is one of the reasons why, you know, I. In 2017, when I got on Everyday Struggle, yeah, like you know, I was doing my YouTube thing, and you know, I I felt I was really good on good on that you know platform, but I never really been on camera. I never really like you were like, awkward at first, and that's what I'm you saying. You learned how to be good, exactly. Yeah, and I looked at that, and Joe was a fucking pro from day one. Yeah, he was a pro, and what I was even thinking about these dudes is like, you don't as much of an asshole he is. Yeah, you don't know the benefit. And the luxury you have working with someone like if you when you work with Charlemagne very early on, yeah, when someone could do some heavy lifting and do some things that maybe you weren't, you're not there yet with. I'm not here without Charlemagne, and I don't mean that in terms of like the access to people. I mean that in terms of the access to skill. Yeah. It's like motherfuckers that play in Europe and then they come to the NBA. You learn how to play basketball in the NBA. I remember this. There's a reason why Luka Doncic goes back to Slovenia, and that team makes the Olympics for the first time I think in their country's history. It's because Luca's been playing in the NBA. Charlemagne says I'm a professional talker, and that motherfucker is so good at talking. Yeah. And you gotta rise your shit to yeah. that. And I wasn't even close when we first started. It was something I gotta get better at every single time and see how good he was and try to pick up a little bit of that every single time. Yeah, yeah, no, I hear you. I hear and, you. and that's what I'm saying. Well, it's a sink or swim moment, but you can't evaluate off of the first six months. They have to show if they could end up being what you are. I'll say this. I'll say this. This is where I'll give them credit. So what I admire about them is a lot of people... Would it take that chance? They took the chance to fail. And if they I'm being to. honest, well, no, a lot of people would go, all right, let yeah. me try to get another job. Let me do some A&R shit. Let me do something else in music. Maybe there's opportunities they could have got. And this way, they couldn't fail in front of all the people, right, that 
that are looking at them going, can you carry a show? Now, they said, fuck it, we're going to go do it. We're going to prove that we were a valuable asset to Joe's podcast. And in six months or a year, we'll see if they are. But I admire them taking the chance. A lot of motherfuckers don't take the chance. They no. sit on the sidelines. They bitch. They complain. They whine. They don't do shit. Hold they on, did shit. On, I admire on. that. Mm-hmm. It's not even hate. It's actually a little bit of hate. A lot of logic. All right. Joe Budden, or Joe Boone, as y'all might call him, <laughs> he has a podcast network, correct? Mm-hmm. Kind of. Okay, all right. Yeah, like, I, you never help him with YouTube, bro? Like, all right, hold on. Before we get this, who's the idiot this. running his I shit? I know, hold on. Before we get it, before you we get it. You know this. the internet. Hold on. Right, before He's we using get this. his shit like. All right, before we get there, before we get there. Son, if Rory or Maul got a bad wait, deal, on. think no. how bad the deal on the Joe Budden network is. No, no, hold on, hold on, hold on. Wait, wait, wait. No, 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 no. no. Son, think about this, though. Think son, about this. you get Spotify out that bitch. And, and this is why I realize people are blinded by their need to have sympathy for these dudes more than actually being objective. Right. Y'all was on that, y'all was on Joe Bunn podcast for four years. Why y'all never did nothing on the side? You you brought up a great point. Why y'all never did, why, why y'all never did this before? Why y'all never did skits? Y'all doing skits? Did Joe have y'all really locked in the basement? Right. Really victimizing y'all? Like, like, like this was like the R. Kelly show where like, apparently Kelly got people that they got to look at the walls like y'all couldn't do anything. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. always thought they had some type of deal where they couldn't do anything else. Because I've been inviting myself. Y'all want to have a conversation. We can get on a platform. It could even be y'all shit. Yeah. But no joke. Get yeah. Joe out of it. I don't yeah. want your daddy here. Okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. they never did it. Now they're forced to sink or swim. Everybody's giving them the credit saying, oh, my God, they're, they had to do it. Why didn't they do it they before? Didn't have to. They didn't have to, though. They didn't have to. And what, would they have, what would they be doing? They didn't have to. And I'll be honest. They bro, it's sunk. not this. They would have to go back to them unemployment. They could have sunk. you got to give them credit. They're swimming. They're swimming because of the disappointment of Joe. But they're trying to swim. Yo, it, just because it happened out of and desperation yeah, go, doesn't go, mean it doesn't count. I, I, also, I also have another point where it's like, where like, if they truly felt like they were partners in this thing and they wanted to give their everything to it because they truly felt they're partners, I'm not mad at that at all. Like, I think that that's admirable. What Everybody's mean? sacrificing their personal desires to build the bands, right? Like, you look at that band Queen, you know, Bohemian Rhapsody, that song and that kind of shit. It's like, that one, the lead singer of Queen, he got the deal to go do the album by himself. And then when he was writing the album by himself, he was like, man, this shit ain't as fun. I like being with the boys. And yeah, I'm the fucking lead singer, but it's more fun, the thing that we build with the boys. So if you want to put everything into that, I don't knock you for that. I understand where you're coming from in terms of leverage. But if you truly believe that you're a family... I'm surprised that you're... You're even making this point just because of this. Being someone that I've seen you do a million skits. This is outside of Brilliant Idiots. Yeah, do a million skits. I've seen you do so many shit on YouTube, on other shows. Yeah. I've seen you go to, like, it wasn't even MTV with some other shit. It was Oxy. I don't know what. You was on some shit. Oxy. That shit was, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but I've seen you do so much. I've always thought of it like this. And I'm pretty sure you thought of it like this. Yeah. I'm going to do things outside of this, hopefully, to bring it back to the, yes. the squad. 100%. And when you look at it, brother dudes are just showing up to a job. They never, ever try to promote it outside of that. They, they weren't hustling and trying to make yeah, Joe yeah, One yeah, Podcast yeah. bigger. When there was a pressure I needed to make it for Spotify, Joe had to do it. Mm. Joe had to do all the legwork. Of course, I'm going to look at you like a worker when... I'm the only one doing all these extra shit. Yeah. Is that not fair? Yeah, tell me that. No, 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 no. I think it's a reasonable argument. Alex, come on now. I know, I know you're getting paid, but come on, brother. <laughs> I'm saying it's a reasonable argument, but I don't know what they were doing behind the scenes. Like, they have stuff going on outside of just the podcast. 
So you but, can't say that they're not doing anything. But they just not doing stuff doing in front of the camera. I'm just saying, by them growing their awareness, like and their public persona, it also brings eyes to the show. But he's saying they, they weren't did. doing anything to grow that. They never did that. I mean, if they, you, they you all have some, something they, they did. All I'll be like, yo, decent followers there. Like, here's the thing. There's two ways to go about it. One way is use the opportunity you have and then deliver the best content, the best material. Like I remember when Brilliant Idiots was the only thing I had, right? I'm researching. I'm getting ready to have my fucking argument. I'm looking at all these videos. I'm reading. I'm making sure that I can be the best that I can be. 90% of shit we didn't even touch. But just in case we touched it, yeah, yeah. I want to be ready to go. Yeah. Academics is an ass. Because he's saying that Joe had him locked in the basement. They couldn't do nothing. But they were part of the show. I keep saying, man, just because you my boy... You can't rob me. You crazy? That's just straight up suck a move, cause why am I gonna allow you to rob me and I am helping grow your podcast? Yeah, you it says your podcast, but guess what? I put some equity into this too. What do you mean that Sorry for the crack. So what do you mean that you can take you can take money out of my pocket and give it to somebody else? But Joe is a slime ball. It's a corporate I like I said, his his move was a, a corporate gig kind of thing, so he can underpay him and bring his two new buddies in. I haven't listened to that show in a minute. I didn't touch the topic because I just didn't want to talk about it anymore. But I think academics is an ass. But that was a clip from Flagrant 2. All right. Next up, what movies have we watched? In the past, I think, what, say seven days, I have watched Tomorrow War, Black Widow, and Fast 9. First up, I think I gave a review on the last show about Tomorrow War, but let's listen. You are my child. Has anyone seen Mary? Facilitates your jump to and from the future war. One minute to jump. Oh, here, buddy. Take that. Just look around like that. How are you so calm? Long story. Yeah, anything's military? Yeah. 
kind of a short story, I guess. Three, two, one. In 11 months' time, all human beings in the future will be wiped from the face of the earth. Unless you help us. I was trying to save my daughter. If I got to save the world to save her, then I'm going to do it. This is the end. The human species will disappear from the face of the Earth. We are literally living on borrowed time. There's still a chance that we can stop this war from ever happening. So we gotta fight. Well, it's nice knowing you. That was the Tomorrow War. I do recommend you seeing it. It's on Amazon. They needed to put it in a theater. It's a time travel movie, yes, but you'll like it. Uh, the next movie we saw was Fast 9. Here we go. I used to live my life a quarter mile at a time. But things changed. My father now. I will always be in your heart. Little Brian, I have a gift for you. Your daddy gave me this. And now I'm going to give it to you. It's very special. It's for protection. From what's coming. Alright, Dom. What's next? No matter how fast you are. No one outruns their past. I am more easy, you try, and you're best of becoming. And mine. Just caught up to me. Been a long time, though. So we're up against a master thief, assassin, high performance driver. Who is he? Jacob is Dom's brother. Your whole life, you pushed yourself to be faster than Dom. Smarter than Dom. Stronger than Dom. But could you kill him? Because I'm ready if you are. There's nothing more powerful than the love of family. You turn that into anger, there's nothing more dangerous. Maybe this is the end, but we won't go out together. You know, I'd ride to the death with you. Let's get to work. Please tell me that's not a Pontiac Fiera strapped to a rocket engine? Impressive. I know. No. No, that's, that's not impressive.
think you're what I think you're thinking. There's no bridge. Oh, hell no. Fast Nine. I work for a company that sponsors this movie, so I don't know what to say. What is the best thing to say about the movie? They went to space. Yeah, that's the best thing I can say for that movie. Alright. And uh, last one. one we saw was Black Widow. Uh, Black Widow, Marvel fans will get it. Even newcomers will get it. It's an origin story. Might have been a little bit better, but I can live with it. And we'll give you the ratings after this last one. You don't know everything about me. I've lived a lot of lives. Before I was an Avenger. Before I got this family. I made mistakes. Choosing between what the world wants you to be. Nine and Black Widow. Uh, the number three movie, uh, going from three to one, would be Fast Nine because the movie was predictable, but it's still a good watch. Uh, number two, 
Just because it's a old premise, it's a time travel movie. Tomorrow War. But it's still good. It's needed to be in the movie theater. And the number one movie we saw for past week was Black Widow. Yes. Good origin story. Breaking in a new Black Widow. Tie into a, a end game. It also ties into the Hawkeye series. And it's just a good family movie. Not as killing, but it's a good family movie. This is the Ninja of Another Color podcast. Read us, review us, give us five stars at Google, at SoundCloud. Support the Ninjas of Another Color. And our next topic is the Atlanta Braves. Yes, the Atlanta Braves went into... Had a big series win against the Mets. Then they went to Pittsburgh and dropped two. And everybody's talking about how bad they are. They're not going to make the playoffs. I still think they're going to make the playoffs as a wild card. No, I think they're going to win the division. Because the Mets have not pulled away as of right now. We're four and a half games. And it's two games before the All-Star break. Here's some highlights from last night's game. Bass, it's his first start this year. His first start, in fact, since 2012 when he was pitching for the San Diego Padres. All the work out of the bullpen this year. So Freddie Freeman is the Atlanta hitter. Freddie Freeman unloads on the very first pitch and cracks that to deep right center, and it's gone. 1-0 Atlanta. Uh, Freddie loves hitting down in Miami, and I said no surprises. You see that, Chip. He's seen that pitch before, and he jumped all over it. Hanging slider. His 18th home run. Braves strike first in the first. And Don Mattingly looks on as his club has a bullpen game on its hands, and their bullpen has given up the game's first run. I mean, that's where you want that pitch. A little bit down. You see where he gets that full extension. When you get the lick of the lips from Freddie, you know it's gone. Freeman hit a get-me-over fly ball. <laughs> he was ready for it, wasn't he? Yes. Let's see if Charlie Morton Jeff can finish his first half with a bang. Yeah. See, that good start to the season for Charlie this first half, and you'd love to see him get that eighth win. Arte, six home runs and 18 RBIs this year. Wow, there's that, that good curveball Birdie was talking about in the pregame. You see that just he, he can turn it into two or three different ones, and you see this one starts right over the middle of the plate and then just slowly dies. It's so tough, and that's the thing. He can throw another curveball to Marte next time up, and it'd be a completely different pitch. So two up, two down. Here's Jesus Aguilar. One-two pitch on the way, line in the air to deep right field, going back to Keenan. The warning track squares up and makes the catch as he backpedals to the base of the wall. So down they go, one, two, three in the bottom of the first inning. A really good start for Charlie Morton and the Braves. One-nothing Atlanta. First opportunity for the Braves with a runner at second or third base tonight. It comes with two outs in the top of the third. Again, the runners lead. Freeman and Albies, the pitch. Missed inside. Bases are loaded. So Riley works his way back from a two-strike count, and Abraham Almonte is coming up. A couple of grand slams for Almonte, who awaits a 1-0 pitch, and it's popped up right side. Aguilar. Jazz Chisholm is under it. He catches the pop-out, and the Braves leave him loaded in the top of the third inning. So 
Ormondo finds a way out. No runs, one hit, no errors in three left. Braves have stranded four through two and a half innings. one nothing Atlanta as we start the fourth inning. Dansby Swanson will lead things off against Sean Morimondo. They shift against Swanson. Only Aguilar on the right side, and the 0-2 is taken for strike three called. He's caught looking for the first out here in the fourth. And Morimondo gets him on the fastball in the inside corner. That is now his sixth strikeout on the his fourth strikeout, actually, on the night. He's doing a really nice job mixing his pitches and keeping these Braves hitters off balance. Kevin Smith to the plate. Strikeout victim his first time. 2-1 Smith. Hot smash to short. Nicely gloved, though, by Miguel Rojas across the first. And it's a 1-2-3 fourth inning. Nicely done, Sean Morimondo. So he's pitched three scoreless. So Sean Morimondo's a pitch away from escaping another mess here. He stranded a runner in the second inning. He left the bases loaded in the third. Worked one, two, three, fourth. Now two Braves aboard with two outs in the fifth inning. Riley walked his last time up. That was against Morimondo. Struck out in the first. That was against Anthony Bass. Two balls, two strikes, two outs, and two Braves on. Cold strike three on the outside corner. Morimondo strands a pair in the fifth. Charlie Morton protects a 1-0 lead. 1-2 count. And a swing and a miss. Back-to-back -back strikeouts for Charlie. That's four in the game. And a good start to the Miami fifth inning. And one going here in inning number five. Bring up the number eight hitter, Joe Panic. Strong came out looking inside corner. Beautiful pitch. Front door two-seamer. Man, you saw panic. Couldn't even pull the trigger on that pitch. Ormundo got a good sacrifice down. He's only played appearance. One ball and no strikes, and the fastball is chopped on one bounce right back to Charlie. Morton's thrown the first in plenty of time, and it's a three-up, three-down for Charlie Morton, who has now retired five in a row. And at the end of five complete in Miami, it's the Braves one and the Marlins nothing. So this will be a fun matchup. Acuna versus Bender. Bottle one for three tonight. And Acuna got hit with a breaking ball. And he takes a couple of steps out toward the mound. That was a breaking ball. I know Ronald's tired of being hit by the Marlins, but the last thing Bender wants to do is hit him in a 1-0 game. And again, Jeff, this was a breaking ball. Yeah, I think that's why you're seeing Snit and EY. Look, you got a young player. He, he's, you know... Look, he's emotional. He's animated. That's why what makes Ronald so good when he plays. But, yeah, I mean, this was an off-speed pitch. And hopefully EY's telling him, if anything, get to first, steal second, steal third. Get him back that way. Now Ozzie back hitting left-handed. Braves looking for their first hit. The runner in scoring position. Serve toward left. That's going to get down and go to the wall. It's 2-0 Atlanta. Ozzie on his way to second. He'll pull up there. And at last, the Braves break through. Revenge is sweet for Ronald Acuna Jr. He scores the second run. It's two to nothing. Well, look at Ozzy's chip taking a page out of Freddie Freeman's book. Knowing the ball's running away, I'm going to see it deep in the zone. And look at him. Just a nice, easy swing down the left field line. Gets a double. And as I said, this is the best revenge. You had that all-important run. This is what the Braves have had trouble doing, tacking on runs. You got your pitcher out there dealing right now. You need nine more outs, and now you give him a little bit of breathing room. And right, looking for another big one. Here's Austin Riley. And Riley toward third. That's a fair ball and down the line. It's three to nothing. All oh, the bounces and breaks starting to go Atlanta's way, and Riley's thinking about three. He's on his way. He's going to belly flop in with a triple. What do they say about awakening a sleeping giant? Perhaps that's exactly what that hit by pitch has done. 
Yeah, you see that two-seamer, and he's able to keep this ball just fair down the line, and then you can tell how far they were playing him in the gap, the fact that Austin was able to turn that into a triple. And as we said, the tack on runs, Chip, that's something Reds have not been great at this year that they were last year. So 42 RBIs for Riley. That's his first triple. Well, the Braves send six men to the plate. They pick up two runs. And the Braves leading the Marlins. 3-0 in the bottom of the seventh. Big pitch coming up right here. 3-2 on the way. Swung on and missed. Strike three. Fastball right on by the swinging bat of Jesus Sanchez. Came through at 96 miles an hour. Charlie just reared back and let it rip. And that's his seventh strikeout. So two men out. Here's Arcia. That's cracked to left, and he will pick him up. An ambush job. Swanson strolls home. It's four to nothing. Bookend doubles for the Braves. Bats in the eighth inning, and those add-on runs, man, are they a long time in coming. Well, Arcia is an aggressive hitter. Oker kind of just threw a little get-me-over slider. He puts a great swing on it. And that has been wearing out that left field corner. Easy score for Swanson. Dansby had that double in the eighth inning. You'd love to see him get one more base hit right here, driving that run. Rares back and fires. And swung on and hit in the air to right field toward the line. Laying out for a great catch as Duvall for Diddy Short hopping. Austin isn't sure he went ahead and scored. And apparently it is a base hit for Dansby Swanson, an RBI, and a 5-0 lead now for the Braves. Well, it's Jesse Chavez coming on to pitch the bottom of the ninth inning. Braves try to shut out Miami. It's five to nothing. And the 2-2 pitch on the way. Swung on, missed. He struck him out. What a perfect punctuation for a great pitching staff performance today from the Atlanta Braves. Charlie Morton, seven innings of two-hit shutout baseball. Luke Jackson, a scoreless eighth. Jesse Chavez, a scoreless ninth inning, finishing with a punch out. Yep, the Braves won five nothing. They're currently 43 and 44. The game is going to start at 4-something today in Florida. Max Fried is pitching, so hopefully we can get to 500. Uh, be on the lookout because I think the Braves could trade for... Crimble, Craig Crimble, yeah, I think they should they should trade for Craig Crimble. Um, this is the Ninjas of Another Color podcast. I still think the Braves will make playoffs by winning in the division. Um, just a couple of tweaks when they get back. Darno, they got another bat. They sent down Contreras. He's the catcher of the future. And I think maybe the moves they've made now, but they need another arm for the pen. They might need to do that or bring up one of the kids from the minors. And they got to be, what are they? Relentless. Check this out. This team, this journey, it's been rewarding, but we're not finished.
We were the defending East champs. But they didn't care. I got the Phillies in the East. The Mets, Phillies, and Nationals are going to be crazy aggressive. They were in awe of what everyone else was doing. 330 mil over 13 years. The massive reliever that what the they didn't know was. A lot of teams have made a lot of moves. The Braves didn't we were quietly building a force to be reckoned with. Third base to Josh Donaldson. One of the best offseason signings we're going to see. Really excited to have Brian McCann back with the Braves. And we were working too hard to hear them. Got it. And the Phillies have a season opening. Three it only took them three games to say, I told you so. Have swept the Braves. They are sending a message to everybody. But we made them quickly the forget. The Braves have swept the Cubs. 9-4 is your final score. And dives in, touches the plate with his left arm. Are you kidding? Marquecas. We were tested in the summer. By that pitch, I believe. Yeah, he was. Got him in a bad spot. That man has worked so hard to come back. And when he's come back, he's been playing great. What a shame. Charlie Culberson is down. strength ran deep. This is the Ninjas of Another Color podcast. Rate us, review us, follow us on Google and SoundCloud. Give us five stars. Let's make us the number one podcast. Moving on to our next subject, um, the NBA Finals. The Bucks are down 0-2, but I think they're going to win the series. They need to make an adjustment and punish punish the guards because they just missing shots. Last game, the Phoenix Suns win boy, like 90% from three. And Middleton and Holiday, they're just not giving them enough. But I still think the Bucks are going to win. Giannis gave him 42. Uh, it's just crazy that he came back from that knee injury. Let's hear the highlights. Still, in many ways, they're bread and butter. And Tenacupo right on cue with the 
Holiday against Crowder. The spindle gets inside. Lamp is good. Drew Holiday. It's just so fun to hear these crowds. They vote for Milwaukee and Phoenix because it's so fresh being in the finals game, too. Nice feet inside. Crowder back to Bridges. Bridges with a pair of left. Middleton. His brother won't go. And then a curveball with the foul. DeAndre Ayton told me that he likens playing with Chris Paul to playing with Woody and Madison. Tries the corner three. That's good. That's their Booker against Connaughton. Crowder tries the three-pointer. It's good. Jay Crowder with his ball gets away from Holiday. It's a wide open shot. Down and didn't get the call. Terrence Payne in the game. Cam Johnson. His first shot is good. Six on the 24. Booker fires a three. Got it. Eight three-pointers in the first quarter for Phoenix. Connaughton tries a three. Matt Connaughton from downtown. Defensively is where it sets the tall for us. Just his aggressiveness there was good. Speaking of defense, that's something this team rides itself in at the sun penny. Kept alive by Connaughton. Forbes tries another. This time he connects. Inside, high off the glass. First foul for the team. Obviously, first off, Middleton. Mikel Bridges finds some space. Nice looking move. Middleton throws it up. Perfect pass for Lopez. Tucker in pursuit. Booker finds a little space. Comes up short. Gets his own rebound. Keeps the dribble alive. Kicks it out to the corner. Cam Johnson again. Points for Cameron Johnson. Bridges with the steal. Ahead to Bucker. One man to beat. Blocked by Holiday. But eighth on the slam as Cam Johnson's hustle kept it alive. Timeout Malay. Build around him when he goes into the paint. He'll try a three-pointer. Lopez, the offensive rebound. Put back. And I think it's because of the second foul. Meanwhile, Mikel Bridges, the first player in double figures with 10. Connaughton answers. Making shots. Rebounded. Oh, they need someone like that as Booker knocks down a three. Bridges inside at eight. Back out Crowder. Three-pointer. Punch it in. One, they got to they gotta shoot the ball better. They're playing hard. They're getting good shots. Chris Paul knocks it down. Pumped away by Middleton. Tetacumbo gets inside. Layup is good.
Phoenix, when they've had a double-figure lead in these playoffs, as Holiday knocks out a 10-point advantage in the opening minute of the third. Booker! Others have picked up the scoring slap. Chris Paul, Booker, long three-pointer. It's good! Way down to the start of the Phoenix Suns. Kukupo with the jumper. Damage he does at the rim. Booker throws it up. Aikon somehow able to catch it. Crowder comes away with the ball. Nice feed. Bridges the cut and the finish. The kicker should be up with Lopez to rebound. Three quarter from Giannis and Tedagrupo. Good upper body strength. Giannis against Bridges. Blows it up. That shot rolls around and drops in. 11 points in the quarter as we played just over four minutes. Chris Paul, that's a three. From three-point range. Bucks, meanwhile, just six of 18. Lieutenant Kukul lays it up and in. He is dominating. Chris Paul using the screen. Bucks it up to eight. Again, blocked by Lopez. Jay Crowder. Baseline drive. Lopez right there. And eight is down. One-on-one -on -one with Crowder, spins, kicks it out, Middleton gets a good look for three, that's good. Middleton's out. Booker drives off, Middleton gets inside, whips a pass to Paul, his three-pointer is good. You got a look. Blocked by Antetokounmpo, beautiful rejection off the glass. Holiday, Connaughton, his three-pointer, that's good. That cut. Boy, Holiday's transition defense is so good. Booker! Jeff T back in for Milwaukee. Cameron Payne, Cam Johnson in for Phoenix. Tedekupo knocks down another. Isaiah Thomas back in 88. Great Isaiah Thomas. Booker on the follow. It's a big time play when you're trying to win the championship. Pendleton fires over Cam Johnson and nails a three-pointer at 24. Ball drives on Connaughton, stops, pulls up, falling away, shot bounces up and drops through. Aggressive. Here's Chris Paul. Off balance, shot's good, and the foul from that distance. Another group ball against eight turns, shoots and scores. 30, surrounded by Lopez. Booker for three, got it! David Booker with a seven-footer right on it. Up. Rebound taken by Bridges, the putback blocked by Antetokounmpo. That was close to being a goaltend, but the ball never hit the rim. Holiday up top, and Lopez lays it up. Booker for three. Pucks it in.
Middleton, the drive, blocked by Aiton. 17 points for Mikel Bridges. Antetokounmpo spins into the paint. Layup is good. For an opening, Bridges gets up on him. Holiday up top to Connaughton. Good luck for three. It's good. And Connaughton with a sport three. Later's in the game. Middleton. I thought a group ball throws it down for their first NBA championship. Yep. 118. 118 to 108. The, the quarter they lost the game in was the second. In the first quarter, it was 29-26. In the second quarter, it was 30-16. to And then the rest of the way, the Bucks scored 33-30. and They held, they held them even. They can beat them. They just, they just need to um, just tighten up on the defense. Yeah, because, yeah, that second quarter is what did him in. Uh, the 16 points in the second quarter is what did him in. It would have been a closer game, and they possibly could have won. But 0-2, going back to Milwaukee. Uh, maybe a better shooting by the role players in Milwaukee and I uh, hope it goes seven and I picked the Bucks in six but it might go seven and they should fire what's his name even if they win because he does not do adjustments very well this is uh, Ninjas of Another Color podcast rate us review us follow us on Google give us five stars SoundCloud uh, next up we're talking about Loki, number five, one before the end until season two, I guess. Uh, this one is more of a conversation and maybe not a lot of action. Uh, let's see. This is the boy, that's a liar. Where his lunch? Come on! Who's really behind the TVA? I'm as in the dark as you are. <laughs> Tell me, when we prune a branched reality, it's impossible to destroy all that's matter. So we move it to a place on the timeline where it won't continue growing. It's transferred to a, a void at the end of time. I can help you if you trust me. I got pruned, and I woke up here, and now I'm surrounded by variants of myself, plus an alligator, which I'm heartbroken to report I didn't even find all that strange. And this is the place where the TVA dumps its rubbish. A liar. He ensures none of it ever returns. Yes, but if you thought of using a tempad, of oh, the one thing that could easily get us out of here, yes! They're all over the place, right, guys? <laughs> <laughs> Fine. What about cause? Hiding in the shadow of apocalypses obscured me from the TVA. So how do we get past the void? Wait! What about the void spacecraft? Hmm, very pretty deep. It's highly restricted. I might not even have clearance. If it's real. <laughs> 
He's dead too. Because we, my friends, have but one part to play. The god of outcasts. Nothing more. Have any of you met a woman variant of Sounds terrifying. Oh, she is. That's kind of what's great about her. She's not trying to take over the TVA. She's trying to take it down. And she needs me. Which one ever see you? This is a nightmare. By the way, you should be careful just jumping into a stranger's car like that. Coffee series. Come on. What did you expect? Not. You give me your army and I take the throne. My army, my throne. Why the hell is there an alligator in here? He's, He's a, a monkey. He's in love with himself. It's not a cystics, but it's a good story. Next up, episode. We're going to take a break for one second. We're going to talk about next week, The Flash. Nora West Allen is back. Yep. At 100. This is episode 150. The Allen twins 
will show themselves. This is the end of episode 16. to be here, but it's really important, I promise. Oh, thank God you're okay. Well, like, <laughs> yeah, why wouldn't I be? Because I, well, I couldn't get to the future. And then with Iris gone, wait, but if you're here, that means... Oh, right. Don't worry. Mom's gonna be okay. I'm proof that everything works out all right. We both are. You, you and Iris? Exactly. Um, but, uh, hey, I mean, if you're happy to see me, you're gonna be twice as happy in just a second. <laughs> what did I miss? Dad, meet your son, Bart. Hey, Dad. What's good? Or Pops. Can I call you Pops yet? You like it when I call you Pops later. I can't remember when that is stuff. Yo, this place is crash. Yep, the twins are there. Nora and Bart. They canonized the uh, Tornado Twins. So, yep, next week they will be the twins on the show giving them the canon of the Tornado Twins. They also had Diggle on the show, aka Green Lantern. So the canon Green Lanterns. His show should be next year, but they had him in green, green um, face makeup, a green light, because he has headaches and stuff like that. That's how they're writing it in. So that on that side note, you know I'm a Flash fan. So, next week, that is Norwest Allen returns to Flash. Okay. And for our main event, Bad Batch. This is our show of the season, the best. It's episode 11. We got five more shows left. And we got some surprises. Let's listen. I speak for the people when I say this partnership is most welcome. Wouldn't you agree, Sindulam? I will always support that which helps Hyloth. This is a new era for Ryloth. I hope my people will embrace this peace. Hyloth is safe, Jam. This is what you fought for. We want Sindulam! <clears throat> the clone army came to our aid. They fought with us. They fought for us. And they have earned our respect and focus on Ryloth's future. What a shame your daughter is not here to share in this. Hera has other interests, Admiral. Anything suspicious yet? <laughs> Let me take a look. <laughs> no, we can't go. Uncle Gobi told us to stay and gather intel. Turning over our weapons, he's made us defenseless. I can't accept that. What's happened now? 
We were just exploring. The Imperial Refinery is off limits, Hera. I never said we were at the refinery. Tell me what you saw. Leave nothing out. I will not have you put Hera in the middle of it. The clones were supposed to leave Ryloth when the war ended. I will not stand by while more arrive each day. The Imperials are up to something. You just don't want to see it. His influence over them is a problem. Gobic Glee is your real threat. Syndulla's fighters will always be loyal to him. <laughs> My dream was for a free ride-off. We have that now. The people don't seem very happy. I am as capable as anyone. Gobi trusts me to do my part. Why can't you? You remind me of myself at your age. Fighting, it takes a toll. My hope is that you won't ever have to live a life like mine. We were told this refinery would not be a military facility. But your soldiers and armament suggest otherwise. Admiral Rampart cares more about his own interests than those of our people. I think I should stay here. But I was going to let you fly this time. Really? I guess it will have to wait. Chop! Please, ship's been tagged. Now that he's off on the thrust, it's time to land. I can do it. Weapons? But we just turned over all our weapons to the Empire. Sid sent us. Along with three dozen blasters and a case of thermal detonators. What type of ship is this? A modified Omicron-class attack shuttle. Hunter, can she come aboard? But no funny business. Funny business? Flying is... it's about a feeling. You're free. Who's chasing you? Are you in some kind of trouble? I thought you were in trouble. You better know what you're getting into. We don't have a choice. Good luck. Make a new friend. She's kind of strange. I like her. Did she know flying's about a feeling? What feeling? Move in. These three were caught smuggling weapons onto the planet. I find your involvement in such matters to be most distressing. He's plotting an uprising. That's not true! You sir, she's only a child. Take them away! Where are they now? Western outskirts. Sector 3. Chappelle, let's go! Stay here and wait for my signal. It's in Tula! I knew it! Interests above Ryloth. You are the one guilty of treason. Thank you for playing your part, Senator. Chappell, get Terra out of here! Go! Arrest these insurgents for the attempted assassination of Onfritar. The Sindula girl won't get far. Have our forces find her. Yep, that's right. Hera from. Rebels and Chopper made a guest appearance on this one. So let's see. They just canonized Rebels in connection to we'll probably see Ahsoka before the season's done and Rex we already seen. Probably see Wolf. And yeah, man. 
it's going to be a good season. I hope there's a season two in this. Uh, who knows what they're talking about. You saw they shot that dude in the head. Omega knows Hera. And would Hera, would she be around in Star Wars Rebels? Was she? Again, I'm going to back channel that and Ezra and stuff like that later. I don't know. But this is Ninjas of Another Color podcast. It's been great sharing this information with you. Uh, rate us, review us on Google Podcast. Give us five stars. Also on SoundCloud. Let's support the Ninjas of Another Color. And we'll see you next week. Are you a believer in the Braves still being there at the end of the year at the top of this division? The Braves, they're a nice story right now. They're fun to watch. There's a lot of energy. I just don't think they sustain the offense throughout the year. The starting pitching, while on paper it's pretty good, the lack of veteran presence may come back to get them. Just need to give it one more year. When you're still too young, do you let it affect you? Or do you rally together? Do you come out swinging right out of the gates? Can you see it before anyone else can? Are you propelled by the improbable wins and motivated through the tough defeats? And he got smoked on the very first pitch. The very first pitch of the game nails Ronald Acuna Jr. Brad Snickers leading the charge. You just kind of go into, like, protect mode, you know, because that's family. He's my kid. I'm going to protect him. You stand up when you're knocked down. Swing and a high fly ball, deep left, break out. You play like there's no tomorrow, even when your backs are against the wall. Something's bubbling in the South, people. The Braves are coming. And I'm telling you, they're going to be in this. They're going to be in this for a while because they're starting to believe in themselves. The mark of a real team is its ability for every person to believe in the one beside them. To put family above everything. And when that happens, you play for something more, for something bigger. For Braves country, for your city, for each other.